welcome back to this episode of No Dice No Problem, the best award-adjacent sometimes gaming podcast hosted by Daniel Kwan, yours truly, and Drew Kwan. Um, Hello. We this is this is the last episode of No Dice No Problem for the month of e- January. ever. <laughs> ever. See, I I could say that faster, right? I'm the last episode for the month of January. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I am flying to Japan in literally a week. Uh, as of recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, so by the time this comes out, I will be in a metal tube shooting through the sky towards the land of Rokugan. Um, yeah. Are you going <laughs> to land on? Are you going to get there? And you're on it, the beach and you're just like, Konnichiwa Gaijin. Konnichiwa Gaijin. No, I was, um, you know, it was funny. Ooh, I just hit my desk. Emma and I were recording an episode of Asians Rep with yeah. Joe DeSimone from uh, Asmodee. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe we should make a joke about Rokugan. And Joe's like, you should straight up on the announcement, just say, Daniel's going to Rokugan. See you, folks. <laughs> and I was like, stamp of approval from, from somebody who Try works on the franchise team. Go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really hyped about that episode. It was so good. It was so good. You know, when you're having a conversation or you're learning from somebody and you just sit there and you're like, yeah, just keep talking. I'm just going to listen to you. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what sure. happened on the episode with Joe, and it, it's so good. So I can't wait for folks to listen to that. Or if you're listening to No Dice No Problem late, and that episode's already come out, I hope you enjoy it. It will be the first of many. We will be talking more about L five R. I mean, like back like the coming when, months. Back when we were doing like the L five R read throughs and stuff like that, like it's got its issues. Like some of the past iterations. Still seems cool. Still yeah, seems cool. I, the art is dope, but like, you, you know what's funny? That episode, we didn't talk about the world of L5R as much. Yeah. We talked about the process of sort of rebuilding or revising L5R as a brand. Because this is, that was the first cultural consulting gig that I've ever had, and same with Emma, that involved working on an IP and not a specific product. Because mm. before it's like, hey, I'll read this book or I'll look over this art. Um, I almost broke an NDA just now. Um, nice, nice. But uh, ooh, live. Ooh. Uh, not live, luckily, that's why. Um, but with L5R, it was like, let's talk about the brand identity of L5R. Let's talk about the overall world of L5R. And that was a really, really interesting conversation. And the thing that Joe was really purposeful about communicating was that uh, this is the intent of the Asmodee team when looking at L5R and acknowledging that the revisions of L5R are an ongoing process. They are sure. constantly going to be learning and constantly going to be working with uh, consultants. But it was like a very, very interesting episode. And I think it will be eye-opening for people who want to work as cultural consultants or are maybe thinking of hiring cultural consultants because we broke down step-by-step the Asmodee game plan on how they work with cultural consultants. That's cool. That's something that you don't hear about. Yeah, it's cool. And honestly, I'll preface this with like, not every company will be able to do that, but a company on the scale of like, you know, Darrington, Critical Role, Paizo, Watsi should be doing what Asmodee is doing. Sure. Um, But yeah, great episode. Super excited for uh, folks to listen to that. And um when I'm away, I will not really be on socials, or at least I won't be responding to things as much on social media. Uh, I will be posting things to the Asians Represent YouTube channel, 
um, from like my trips to Japan. I am very excited to look for Japanese TTRPGs. Uh, I was sad to find out that Candlekeep Mysteries was not published in Japanese. Um, but I'm very excited to look for uh, like Sword World and a lot of the like homegrown TTRPG content there. Can I read it? No, but I can look at the pretty no, pictures. And the pretty pictures, I can, and you can you can buy it and just have it. I can buy it and just have it, just like have the Elden Ring RPG, or I can be like, hey, Emma, want to sit down with me and read me this book? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll tuck myself in. I'll tuck myself in. <laughs> you can just read me this book. Um, but I'm just I'm just hyped to to see what people are buying and and you know at these RPG shops. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'll be Listen. documenting all of that on our YouTube channel. If you happen to go buy that Japanese uh, games workshop. Oh, it's on the list. Shop, I'll take anything. I got you, <laughs> dude. Don't worry. I got you. I'll pay you back. I'll take anything. No, no, no. I won't expect I, anything um, back. I recently bought. Uh, so they always release them in uh, Japan first. They are yeah, the, these, little, like, the little blister boxes, the individual. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I bought a whole box of those. It's they're, uh, they're so red it's right eight. now, right? Uh, the red ones? No, it, right now it's I think right now it's the ultramarine. So it's the blue guys. Oh, the, the plastic at one point they were red. Oh, so the, yes, yes, you are correct. It's the red plastic. These are blue right now. OK, I mean, not that I can show you. I've assembled them all. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've assembled them. Uh, they are video quality is uh, not there. <laughs> no, video quality is not there. Um, it's okay. You could post those in our in our in our Discord. They're all they're all primed. They're ready to go. These Ultramarines are about to be salamanders because I don't I don't care for Ultramarines. Heck yeah, yeah. All of the commander characters that are in uh, on my uh, Death Guard army are the sort of blind box Death Guard. Oh, nice. Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, we're gonna go to that games workshop. Hopefully, we're gonna go to like as many of the Pokemon centers as possible. Um, we're just like really hyped to just get away. Um, I'm already packed a week early. Um, yeah. Jesus. Okay. And that that's just me. Like I've packed a week early. Um, I like to bring everything in carry on, and then we're bringing two check luggage that are gonna be empty. Sure. And I'm just gonna put oh, one check I luggage see. within the other, and then on our way back, I'm gonna. Stuff all my clothes in the check luggage and anything like, you know, foodstuffs that can go in there and then bring all the precious stuff on my carry on. Sure. That makes sense. That, that seems um, like good. Uh, that seems like good planning. Big brain stuff right here. Um, so I'm super excited. And then I just these are this pissed me off. I bought you know, like air tags, like Apple air tags. Yeah, uh, I don't. Have you seen them before? Yeah, they're like little things they look that like are like GPS things for your They're like little little like GPS thingies. Bought yeah. a pack of four, hundred and thirty dollars. Um, Listen, I yeah. I buy I buy plastic all the time, and I feel Even like that, your I feel like yours was a mistake. I I honestly kind of regret it, but you know what? Like, I want to put these in my luggage so I can kind of track everything. Um, you, know you, you, you should do it, Japan. <laughs> you should reverse pickpocket someone and just stick that in their pocket it, drop into their pocket and then just just watch just, just track watch. this random japanese person <laughs> yeah yeah just track everywhere they're going dress in a in a suit and then have a black umbrella no matter the day and just always be standing at street corners that they're passing and just make solid eye contact god just that's like so funny men in black them you know it's so funny <laughs> um yeah 
Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hyped to go. I'm hyped to just experience the culture. We've sure we haven't really like set like a day by day itinerary, but we've kind of made on a spreadsheet like days. We're like on this day in Akihabara, we're gonna go to like these shops and we can eat at this restaurant. But we're not dictating when we're gonna do that day. Sure, um, that makes have, sense to me. Yeah, right. It's like how are we gonna feel? Are we kind of feeling? Are we feeling like a Godzilla vibe today? Cool. We have our Godzilla day planned out. Let's go do that. Yeah, I I am someone for you know when it comes to vacations, I stress out a lot over itinerary. But also, I don't like feeling rushed. And honestly, it's kind of a self-care thing for me to not overplan because, yeah. you know, like if I have a week of if I have a week available on vacation, I want to plan like, I don't know, five days of things. That way, if I end up not doing something on a day, I don't feel like I'm a piece of shit who's just like yeah. lazy. You know, yeah, we haven't like, we haven't planned every single day we haven't filled every we haven't planned a set number of days equal to the exact timing we're going to be in japan we've left a lot of buffers uh yeah, just so good. we can kind that's of good. enjoy ourselves and not feel rushed to be quite honest um i don't want to go and sarah agrees we don't want to go have our trip be we're just trying to do every single thing and then we're just not going to remember it like we found yeah. a really cool place where we can go and make rings like and forge rings for like two hours like from sonic oh yeah 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 like from sonic uh but yeah we're gonna go to a, like this little boutique and make rings for two hours uh That's we, fun. we got tickets to see the grand sumo tournament uh yeah yeah, you told me about that for. yeah and then we that's just so cool we just got tickets to see tokyo joshi pro wrestling it's like princess wrestling uh-huh. um and uh they do some wacky shit um so i uh they're all like there's this one wrestler mizuki and she's dressed like what you would imagine like a magical girl character to look like sure okay she's just fucking like out there stomping on people like jumping two feet stomping on people and (laughs) we got seats fairly close to the ring um and they were pretty inexpensive so i'm very excited i feel like we're gonna get like a, a cool experience we're not doing like the universal stuff because the cost of going to universal is like i could spend that money on collectibles or stuff that we 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 care about more yeah Um, i don't know if i would want to go to theme parks but in a different place i'm just i'm not a theme park guy to to be quite honest like the the crowds first of all not my thing yeah Um, a lot of people like oh it's an experience i'm like being in japan is going to be an experience yeah you're in a completely different country known for great tourism You'll be okay. Yeah, like like, I don't need to go to Universal. I don't need to. One was like, there's this thing where you can, it's not Nintendo endorsed, but it's like Mario Kart themed go-karting through Tokyo. And everybody, like Sarah's cousins were like, oh, this is like, you should do it. It's so awesome. We were looking and we were like, you are legit just driving in a low go-kart through the streets of Tokyo. And there are no rails. Like if somebody wants, they'll just drive right over you. And I'm just like, no, like, no, thank you. Like, I value my life. I would rather go and spend a day at like a used bookstore or at like a, a thrift store and looking for antiques or, you know, going to a temple, eating a nice meal. Um, but yeah, really excited about that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the announcement tweet is going to be, but the L5R episode is going to coincide with me going to Japan and it'll be like, hey, Daniel's going to Roku again. Here's the I mean, you got to make a crab clan tweet. 
like I'll, I'll probably do some like like L5R themed stuff when I'm gone. But if you folks want to kind of like follow along with my Japan trip, you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's where I'll be posting a lot of shorts. Um, just like, hey, one minute of like me doing this. It'll be fun. Um, it'll be manageable. And I'll want to make that content anyways. Um, but yeah, we have one other update, Drew, before we kind of get into Daniel's curiosity corner and something I've got prepped. Um, you what and do we I, have? You and I soft launched something yesterday slash today we did it's the wandering blades quick start oh my god get the camera it's the wandering blades quick start that that shit's out now um well not fully out yet um at the time of recording the wandering blades quick start is just available on my patreon uh, patreon.com slash daniel h kwan it's where i've been posting for the past year updates on wandering blades and uh, i've been doing this video series where i've been doing top-down videos of my design notebook and stuff but We've given everybody their access to Wandering Blades. Uh, uh, basically a week early, I think by the time this episode of NDMP is out, um, you'll have access to um, Wandering Blades, and that can be you can get that on my Itch store. Um, that will be like a pay what you want, but anything you get off of Itch will only be like, we'll only put like incremental updates on that. If you want real live updates, that's going to be going on Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's out. Dude, it's like 25 pages long. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. I mean, it's you know, you know, it, it is paltry compared to what the eventual full product will be. But it is a great basis to start with for for both ourselves and for the for everyone else. You know, it's it's manageable and we'll do a full episode of Asians rep talking about Wandering Blades. But I'm just like trying not to get stressed out by. The thing when you have like a really good cover for uh, for like a TTR, because I think uh, the cover is oh, it's so good. Leia did it's such a good, good job on it. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that like I don't want people to get Wandering Blades because they think the cover is dope and then be really disappointed by the game. I don't <laughs> because that Listen. has happened to me. We've talked privately about you know games that rely on really good art, but then the product mm-hmm. is absolute shit, and I don't yeah, want yeah. that to happen to us. Listen, it's no secret in the industry that three quarters of all purchases are because of what's on the cover. Yep. And that's it. And people just buy it for the cover and then they hope it's good. Random TTRPG games are like gotcha boxes, you know, yeah. where it's just you don't really know what you're getting, but you like the idea of what it could be, right? And so in that sense, you know. God, I am terrified. You've you've actually I was not thinking about this. You didn't you think about that? That's like the biggest fear. You instilled this fear in me. My fear is that I really love feedback. I love constructive criticism. People are going to I also shit fear, all over it. I also fear criticism. So I'm scared of what people are going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I I've put in all of all the stuff that I've written. I've put like, "Hey, this is a work in progress. This is like functional this is just so you can kind of see some of the basic mechanics in combat so i've been really clear about that um <laughs> and in the little 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 tiny print we just go if it's bad we're so sorry like, yeah it, look at least you got a dope cover <laughs> um, but you know that is you know at this stage in development it is an opportunity for folks who are invested in, in us and what we do and what wandering blades uh, will be 
uh, it is your sort of opportunity to be able to maintain that investment and help guide us to what it ultimately is. You know, this is essentially us releasing a beta, you know, this is an alpha, dude, this is an alpha. Okay. This is an alpha, right. You know, and not, not in the E3 showcase sense, you know, this is a true alpha. We don't want no man's sky. We don't want to be the no man's sky of TTRPGs. Yeah, we would prefer our game to not have to be good only like three years later. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we look. I just want to put us in. We're in early access on Steam. This is that's the analogy. We're in early access right now, and we're really working on it. We promise we won't be the day before, but we can't promise we'll be Baldur's <laughs> Gate three. <laughs> that that that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I'm really hyped that Wandering Blades is out. I have ideas like we are slowly adding things. We're going to add two more classes. Honestly, I think the game is going to just be the three classes and just have a ton of customization. Again, we we aren't designing a when you're thinking I was having a conversation with um, Spencer Stark from Critical Role and like there about sort of like game design and internally what they do. And they mentioned like First thing when you're looking at a game is you have to think, well, like, how long are you going to be playing it for? Is it going to be like a 30 session campaign? Is it going to be a max 15 sessions? Is it going to be five sessions? Is it going to be one session, like a one shot, like Agatha loves? Um, And I think Wandering Blades is very much something that's going to fall into that like five to 10 session range. Yeah, I agree. You You aren't going to like level 20. Um, you're maybe going to go to level eight. Honestly, I part of me just wants to be eight levels because eight is a good number. Like a part of me you wants know, to kind of be that thematic. I would describe it as like, I think we want you to play a movie, not a show. We're just, you, you know, a sh- you should, dude, a- dude, write that down. You should write that down. <laughs> I know you, you got a notebook. I, mine is all packed up because I am bringing my design notebook to Japan. Yeah, Just um, the idea that like, we want you to play a concise story, you know, I mean, do it, do whatever you want with it. But that's what we're designing for. That's the experience we're designing for. Yeah. Because, you know, I I think a lot of like, for instance, Dungeons and Dragons campaigns play like TV shows where you just keep going until the studio cancels it for some reason, you know, Uh, and there's no end in sight. Whereas, you know, I think like a lot of Wuxia movies, you know, it, it be, make it a movie, make it this concise story from beginning to end. And when it's over, it's over and you start a new movie. Maybe that movie or can you, be a you do a sequel or you do a sequel, the same character yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, we're that's a really good analogy. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about it. We're we're trying to craft a very specific experience, uh, but we're taking our time because we want to do it right. Uh, I've been talking to Eisen on, you know, like Asians represent discord team about, we're going to hire Eisen to write out a guide to creating character names and stuff because Eisen is a trans works as a translator for games. Um, so Eisen is going to help us with that because that's where, you know, you know, you and I drew our expertise isn't really there. Um, I've talked to Agatha about joining us to like, we're going to have Agatha consult on, like some of the themes, but also helping us create the other classes. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I'd like to, I've already got my, my setting from my, like my homebrew setting for my home game that we can adapt to wandering blades and include that in the book. 
there's just a lot that we can use. And we're just trying to make sure that we are being smart about how we design the game. We want, we don't want to just like start with this grand high level like fantasy world to try to build around it. Sure. We want to establish a very, very solid foundation and then slowly scaffold up new content until we have a yeah. final book. And then when we have the final book, we'll figure out a publisher. We'll, we'll, you know, <laughs> Chessex wants to get into the TTRPG game at Chessex publishes wandering blades you heard it here first or maybe this we do a manifesting or maybe we do a kickstarter and we have custom dice for wandering blades done by chessex listen i'll listen i'll compromise any any of my morals for for money the sake of money i won't actually so i need to put that also on record i won't unless it's chessex for the bit i might <laughs> unless it's chessex uh, again chessex we're yeah. chessex we are still waiting for that sponsorship uh, of, of no dice, come no through, problem. Come through. You know, can you imagine if Chessex was like, "We'll sponsor Agents Rep, but not No Dice, No Problem." God. Or, or the stipulation that we'll sponsor you, but Drew does not get any of it. Drew doesn't get any of it, or we'll we'll say Drew has to do the ad read, but then the ad read is pre-recorded and it goes on Agents Rep and not No Dice, No Problem. Oh, that's funny. Or <laughs> we'll be like Chessex will be like Jeremy has to do the ad read. <laughs> or something and the drew doesn't get to touch it at all and it only goes yeah. on asians rep god that's so funny um but hey one day chessex will sponsor us not because we want it one day we hate them we hate them we hate them until go, they pay us then we love them uh go protest them at your local game store i don't know <laughs> don't do that don't <laughs> but support do that. your local game store support your local game store by buying by buying more expensive dice you know what? Buy Chessex dice so that your friends can't. I don't know. Be the martyr. Be the martyr. No, I would just say go to your local game store, buy nicer dice, but spend money at your local game store. Um, but yeah, like that me, was our like too often. <laughs> yeah, that was like our big update. Wandering Blades yeah. is like out. Depending on when you listen to this, it will be fully out. Um, but at the time of recording on January 8th, it is uh it has been soft launched. Now, Drew, I was. Yes, I have a couple of things. We we could do Daniel's Curiosity Corner, or we could do the name pending insight check segment. What would you like to do? Silence. <laughs> Let's do Curiosity Corner. Okay, and then we'll get in. Okay, so. For Daniel's Curiosity Corner, I stuck with the sort of arthropod theme, um, only because like I think insects are really, really cool. I have found something really neat, something that most most of our listeners may have seen or heard of, um, an antlion. Have you ever heard of an antlion? They sometimes call uh, them doodle bugs. Are those like the big ass ants? They're not like super big. They're not really ants. So... Oh. Uh, the antlion, the adult antlion. Oh, they're uh, definitely not like has like yeah. wings. Kind of looks like a dragonfly. But what's interesting is that the larval antlions are predatory, and what they do is they literally like scoot their butt across like dirt, and they scoot in like a circle and they form this sort of like trap in the dirt. Okay, and they wait for other smaller insects like ants, which they prey on, to like kind of fall 
or crawl or walk, I guess they don't crawl, walk near this sort of pit that they've made and they like hurl sand at the ants and the sand pelts them and they fall into the pit. And the ant lion, which has these really long mandibles that, that have barbs on them, grabs the ant and injects venom into them. And then what they do is they actually slowly liquefy the insides of the ant and suck it out like a juice box. And then the ant just caprice on that. Well, you know, that's how a lot of, you know, that's how some spiders eat too. That's Um, how I eat as well. And they basically, I saw this video and they basically liquefy the thing and then they hurl the carcass of the ant out of their pit. It's straight up like like crushing a can and throwing it. Yeah, Yeah. they throw it away. (laughs) But I I was like, Again, they like turn your bitch ass into a Coors Light, and just, you know, boom! like the like <laughs> the, fecal sh- the fecal shield that we talked about on the last NDMP. This yeah. one is just like another example of how the animal world has created God, some funny. truly horrific things if you scale them up to the size of an adventurer. Um, yeah, if you make them big enough where they matter to you, a human being, holy shit, fucking terrifying. Because you imagine like a bunch of adventurers are walking and they see this strange sort of symmetrical conical pit and like oh what's this and then all of a sudden rocks are being pelted at them one of them gets knocked unconscious you fall into the pit and these giant mandibles reach out injecting venom paralyzing you and then slowly starts to liquefy you god terrifying terrifying um but yeah that's what i picked for daniel's curiosity corner this Um, is why i don't go outside I, it's getting to the point where we might call it Daniel's Creature Corner because I really like animals. Um, I mean, hey, that's absolutely fair. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, you should go check out the ant lion, uh, specifically the larval state. There is a there are a lot of videos online of this fascinating stuff. But again, another example of something that you can incorporate into your TTRPG game if you want something horrific uh, to include. Um, now. That said, on the note of whatever TTRPG you play, Drew, I was on the RPG subreddit. Okay. And yesterday, somebody, I was, you know, I kind of like to look and see what people post because sometimes people ask interesting questions. Sometimes people ask really controversial things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of different questions that are asked uh, <laughs> of varying quality. <laughs> Yeah, and like there were there were some interesting questions. Like uh one person, um Fact Electronic 2607 asked, "Good game or good GM?" No doubt everyone would agree the GM makes or breaks an RPG session, but can a good game still be fun with a bad GM or vice versa? I've been GMing for 30 years and I'm finally publishing um publishing but I do question how much my players enjoying an RPG session is me and how much is the game. Thoughts? I thought that was an interesting question because can a TTRPG product carry a group? Or is a group kind of carried by the person who runs it or in part by the person who runs it? Because their question is is black and white. It's binary. Is Is it the game or is it the GM? I thought that was an interesting you know, thing to ask. I Maybe there are exceptions. But at least in my opinion, usually the group carries the game. You know, or, or rather the group has more of an impact on the fun 
than the game. But I also think there's a lot of nuance there. And I think there are exceptions. Um, you know, there are great games that, uh, you know, have made, you know, through, through, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. There are great games that through the way it mechanizes various parts of the game, allow certain groups to kind of mesh better. But there are other games that like are fine, but the way they mechanize like social things or maybe they, you know, whether they mean to or not, they encourage certain behaviors. So, so there are, there are examples of various TTRPGs having mechanics that influence player behavior to a negative trend, which could cause a normally fine group to kind of turn on each other. Right. Some of the like darker games that are a little bit more, I would say PVP, but they're just more like conflict oriented even within the party come to mind, like um, the vibe of vampire, the masquerade can bring out like stuff, right? Yeah. Where if, you know, if that group was playing a, a cheerful high fantasy, you know, we're going through the forest and there's a, a wizard tower, you know, that's fine. <laughs> they'd, they'd be okay. But suddenly you're in this sort of grim, like, Oh, we're all, edgy vampires and we're so sexy and I I, I want to have an, a, a funny, sexy arg argument with you and, uh, you know, and then that causes it to be not very sexy because you're having an <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Okay. <laughs> my, okay. My point is just, my point is just that like, you know, the, the, the intersection of players and games creates a culture around it, right? That interaction creates a culture of, of usage. Uh, and that culture is kind of both people's, you know, faults. You know, it is both the fault of the game and it is the fault of the group for, for not managing their expectations better or not managing their own behaviors better. So in that sense, you know, you could have a good game and a good group, but they're not good for each other. Right. You know, that's also true. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, for me, the answer is really, like really straightforward. No matter how well the game is designed, no matter how well intentioned it is or how structured it is, a bad GM can ruin any game. Right. Because there true. is this, because there's this lack of structure, unless you're talking about like a war game, like a TCG or like a board game, which all have inherent structure. So you can have fun playing them, even if one person kind of sucks. Yeah. Because when they you, don't require that arbitrator. Exactly. The rules are the rules. No exactly. matter what. It's not like, it's like, yeah, I rolled, I rolled a six. I hit that thing. And there isn't that inherent make believe involved in like a board game or a war game or a TCG. Right. So, even if you put, and this is what I've told people about game design on like a lot of panels, like you can go and you can write an amazing guide. Like we can go and with Wandering Blades, write a guide on like how to play as a Chinese character. But people are still going to go and play Wandering Blades and be like, oh, Konichiwa, which isn't even Chinese, right? Like people are still going to do what they want to do with your game. And that's the thing with TTRPGs that you as a creator, or if you're like a cultural consultant, you can put in 
an, an astounding amount of work into making a project as inclusive as possible or making uh, the game mechanics as fine-tuned as possible, somebody will always find a way to break it. Somebody will always find a way to, you know, make it awful for people. Uh, so in my mind, like, to answer this, like, question that we saw on Reddit, the GM always makes or breaks the RPG session. And not, I'm not even talking about, like, you have to be, like, Matt Mercer, you know, Brennan Mulligan level of skill. But ultimately, the arbitrator of the rules, the person who's facilitating the session, they make that experience for everyone else. It is a, a lot. It's a responsibility that you that you have to ca carry if you're running yeah. a game, right? Yeah. If I can go and we can go and play a game and I might not know all the rules, but if we're like, you know, being chill about it, if we're having fun, if I'm responding to what you're saying, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. But if I'm there to if we're misaligned on our expectations of what the session will be, and I'm just like fucking killing off all of your characters for no reason, or if I don't like what you said, your character dies, no questions asked. Well, that's on me and no amount of rules in a rule book are going to fix that. Yeah. Right. Because that book, it, they're just guidelines for what happens at the table. Like you don't have to use all the rules. We even said that in wandering blades. It's a toolkit. Use what you want. Use what works for you. But if we're going to say that, that means that the game isn't what necessarily makes the experience great. Yeah. It's the person running it and the people at that table. It, it is a it is a power imbalance thing in, in just that, like, you know, if a player doesn't want something to, to happen, you know, they, you know, fine, they, you know, express that. But ultimately, a, a player on the other side of the screen, you know, they don't have that responsibility or authority authority to like arbitrate those rules in the same way that you do um you know any gm generally has the power to just kind of wave their hands and rewrite the 10 commandments whenever they want now yeah. that's not necessarily good behavior on the gm uh but the point is is just that like you know if if you are if there is a gm and five players and one of those players is kind of an asshole. I think a lot of people can kind of shrug that off and the GM can do things to kind of curb that. Yeah. There is not much you can do to curb a bad GM aside from stepping away from the game and or having a, a, a full blown conversation with them about it. Right. Exactly. And like, why do people like people talk about D&D &D all the time? Like, oh, D&D kind of sucks. But my group enjoys playing it, so we homebrew our own rules into it. Yeah. It's it's not the game. It it is very much the the GM, the person running the game. You can have a really poorly designed RPG, but if your group's into it, go for it. Right? We, yeah, we if talk you're into Scion second edition, go for it. Go for it, right? Um right. But if somebody's playing and the GM's like, rules as written, but for Morkborg. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. Uh, Morkborg is a vibe, but if somebody says rules as written, I'm going to be like, I can't read half the book. And I can't read what's written. Like, right? I can't I read what's written there. So, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you tell me. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that was an interesting thing to kind of like uh, to ask, like a, like a, you know, a, a softball. 
Um, yeah, it's a good question. Is that, is that the term? <laughs> sure, sure. I know underhand, yes. not not even underhand though, because I've seen professional softball. Holy shit, that shit's scary. Um, yeah, they throw so fast. Like what? What, is, what do you call just like a light throw, like a like an appetizer? We'll just say it's an appetizer. Um, yep, I, I usually throw those at people. Found another question. <laughs> found another question, and I I know you probably know my answer, but okay. um, actually no, I've never told you my answer. Uh, okay. But there was this question that was uh, posted by uh, Serendipitos on the RPG subreddit. And it says, you have to run a pre-written campaign in a system that it wasn't written for. What do you run? And I thought this was a really interesting question. Okay, hold on. Repeat the question. So you have to run a pre-written campaign in a system that it wasn't written for. What do you run? Pre-written campaign assistance. So let's say, say like, oh, you take Book of Inner Alchemy by Daniel Kwan, but you run it in Scion. Wow. So any any pre-written campaign, what would you take, but, you know, use it in a different system? So my knowledge of pre-written campaigns is not the greatest to begin with. Um... So I'm trying to think, right? We I'll got give, like I'll give you my answer. Classic D and D ones. Right. My answer is actually a classic D and D one. It's actually yeah, yeah. one of the the funner games that I've ever played. Um, I had a, a friend who wanted to run, um, you know, the classic OG Ravenloft adventure. Like I have the original okay. book and all the stuff yeah. for it, and he wanted to run it, but didn't want to do a D and D. And this was before uh, 5e. And he was like, you know what? It'd be really fun if we just ran it in Pathfinder, first edition. And it is something that I would 100% do again because the power trip that you get running through an AD&D adventure with a Pathfinder first edition character is like no other. And Mm. we had set the expectation that like, yeah, we're going to blaze through this thing and we're probably going to break it, but that's going to be a part of the fun. And so we set like a character budget when we were making our our characters. Um, And because, you know, Pathfinder first edition and and second edition was basically free. You can go to the SRD online and you can find all of the supplements and stuff. I built a paladin and I specifically got neck guard armor (laughs) for my character Okay. Um, and yeah. you the, can uh, get the gorget, yeah. The, and you can get tattoos. And so I was like, "How much of my budget can I spend on holy symbol tattoos?" And my character was decked out like Miami Joker, like with holy <laughs> symbol tattoos. And okay. I'm just walking around. I'm like, "Come get me, motherfucker!" And that adventure was so fun to go through and and intentionally try to break um, sure. as a Pathfinder yeah. first edition character because it was. It was such a strange power trip. Um, there was one pause where it's like, oh, we need this sun blade. And I was like, fuck that. I already got something. Skip. Um, or like, do we know if this person's a vampire? Daylight. Let's talk about this. Um, it was, or like, hey, touch my arm. See my tats? Like, it was a really interesting experience. Only one that you can have if like everybody at the table is okay with it. But I had a lot of fun. Uh, running through that with the Pathfinder character. A lot of fun. 
I have two answers. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, the one, the first one, I don't remember the name of it, but I, so we're going to have to find our way to the answer. Okay. But uh, it is, you know, classic Tomb of Horrors. Is that what it's called, right? Yeah, no Tomb of Horrors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah everyone does. I'm, 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 I was making sure that I remembered. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but run it with that one, is it an OSR game? I don't remember. It's the one where each player plays as like five level zero characters. Oh, that's just a funnel. You're thinking of Dungeon Crawl Classics. Yeah, I just want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do it with like, we have a ton of dudes and they're just in the grinder, you know? Do you want do you fun. want to do a funnel? It doesn't have to be too oh, much horrors, but it. do you want to do a funnel? I'd love to try it. I, it's it's hilarious. Like uh like I'm in a group and we do a funnel every year at Christmas. And it's just a lot of fun. Have I ever made it to the end? Never. Sounds like a frat, like a frat thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, bro, you want to do a funnel? Let's do it. It's it's gotten to the point where like everybody may because you could just use like a, a tool online to make your four pregens. And it's gotten to the point where we make an extra four because people end hmm. up getting kicked out too early. Um, oh, funnels yeah. are a lot of fun. Um, I wonder if we can uh, find a, I'm going to look up a, a tool to create your funnel characters. But you said you had two. So like Tomb of Horrors, but using Dungeon Crawl Classics. Yeah, uh, the yeah. rule for funnels and then what's the second one yeah i only know and by no i just mean like the titles and the vibes um okay uh of like D D ones because i just i don't play those either but they're in the milieu of the industry so i remember them right. um but uh descent into avernus okay because i love avernus i do love me some hell yep. um but i i really just want to run around in the carts, like in the 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 devil vehicles, you can get or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the uh, infernal play, machines. Yeah, and I just want to play Gaslands. <laughs> I just want to play Hell Gaslands. Hell, Hell Lands. I I feel Gas like Hell. that was a, a missed opportunity on like I guess Whiz Kids because they could have yeah. gone and made like hot. Oh man, they made those infernal machines, but if they made Hot Wheels versions of them. Yeah, because they made the big, they made some of the big ones. They made right? the big one. They were, it was, yeah, it was like pretty, pretty big. But yeah, if they made Hot Wheels, they needed Gaslands. That would be cool. Um, I just spun up uh, four funnel characters for you, Drew. Okay. So these would be your characters. Or? Yeah, uh, purplesorcerer.com is what I used. Uh, I don't know anything about them, but this is what I used. I've used them before. Oh, so we're not going to say anything about them. We don't know. We don't know. We don't want to. No endorsement is what I've used. Is um, it Purple Sorcerer? Yeah, it's purplesorcerer.com. If you just go on Google and search DCC Funnel Generator, it's the first option. Um, and you don't have to go through all the options. Just hit bring out your dead <laughs> at the bottom. Okay. Um, so the uh, characters that I made for myself, um, I have a merchant. Okay. Uh, whose highest stat is uh, personality with a 13. Has a minus one reflex, minus one fortitude, and a one will. Um, has 20 copper pieces, uh, four gold pieces, 14 silver, um, and has a dagger and a crowbar. That's it. I have okay. a noble who has a high personality stat, but a six in strength, and has a, a gold ring, an iron spike, and a long sword, but really shitty combat. Um, I have a stonemason who is a dwarf and has a candle and a hammer um, with a minus one personality. And then I have a cut purse 
with a backpack and a dagger uh, with really high intelligence. I actually got like a decent group. Only problem is that my merchant has one HP. Oh, my stonemason has two HP. And the character with the highest HP is my noble with four HP. This group's not surviving. Nah, they don't need to. And I just, I, I love be, just like getting characters like this. I feel like it'd be fun to like do a stream where we play a funnel. People can donate for things positive and negative to happen to the funnel, like to people. I think that'd be fun. That'd be or, kind of fun. Or, or, or honestly, or honestly, what we could do, we could do it as a charity stream, or what we could do is we could allocate a certain number of some sort of influence to our patrons. And then they could just throw them out at any time. You'd be like, hey, if you're a patron of this tier, you get like five points. So you can influence the narrative or role five times. And we track it or something like that. But I think a funnel would be really fun. But but again, it's like a unique experience of its own where there's the expectation that your characters aren't going to make it. And I know that, you know, a lot of our friends don't like to play games. We're like, I, well, why am I going to play this game if I if my character is going to die? I'm not going to get invested. So you have to have people who are invested in. The process of trying to survive, not yeah. I'm going to make this like really complex backstory for my character. I'm going to get really attached to them only to have them die within the first five minutes. That's not what this is. So. This is something we should do. But we also have Rice Karen to do. But honestly, could be fun if we do a funnel and the survivors of the funnel become the characters in Rice Karen. That would be kind of funny. Only to die in Rice Karen. Yeah, so they, you know, they just, they're, we're running them through Tomb of Horrors and then they just pop out into, <laughs> or, into or you, honestly, Ragnarok. Hey, look, I mean, DCC is is got this sort of like gonzo aesthetic, so we could we could make it work. We could start with a dungeon. You wake classic. You wake up in this dungeon with no memory of how you got there or who you are. You just look down and you see, okay, I've got a wedge of cheese and a dagger. I don't know who I am, but all I know is that I'm going to be fed and I'm going to stab someone. That's one of your characters and you have to make it out. And then all of a sudden they become your main character. Yep. And you've just gone through that hardship with some other players. And all of your characters now have this really tough backstory together where they made it past some really tough adversary adversaries. Yeah. <laughs> if if I remember correctly, I think the Warhammer 40k, the the uh Imperial Guard TTRPG is also kind of a funnel. Oh, that'd be like fun too. Have, yeah, where you have like a bunch of privates and mm. then as you know, those that survive a certain amount of things, they get to level up, but then you replenish the the dead characters with new level zero, basically characters, right? See, this is, I've heard good. This is like it. this like ongoing theme now because this is the third game that we've mentioned doing on Asians yeah. Rep on the uh, end the 2023 sort of recap uh, episode. We talked about doing Lancer. Steve has this like Lancer sort of like three four shot adventure. And oh, we yeah. thought about like, okay, what if you did Lancer? But then if you if you die in if you lose your mech or you die or whatever, you're out. You similar to what life. we did with you die in real life. Simple to, similar to what we did with Rice Karen. But I think of all the games you've kind of talked about doing on Asians Rep, they've all been 
they've all had the expectation of like high lethality. Yeah, yeah. I feel um, like we have our niche of things that we enjoy right now. Yeah, right now, yes. But I, I'm really into this. I think it, this could be a cool lead up to Rice Cairn. Like we find like a, a one shot funnel, like a pre written one. We, we play we Warhammer 40k only war, and the survivors are teleported into a post Ragnarok uh, wasteland of spirits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where they play Dark Souls. Then yeah, where they play Dark Souls, or we do it as an isekai, some sort of yeah. isekai, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's okay. you know in the the oh, we, I have you, Jeremy, Michelle, play yourselves. Oh shit! <laughs> yourselves. See. See, we could use that Lancer idea I originally had back at the start of the pandemic when it's like, oh, it's Tales from the Loop, but they get sucked. One of their friends disappears at the arcade and their friend got sucked into a game called Lancer. And then they have to go oh. and save their friend in Lancer. Oh, interesting. Kind of like, like a Stranger Things sort of thing. But in this yeah, case, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you got sucked into Dark Souls, which is like <laughs> way worse. Can you imagine? Get sucked into the world of Dark Souls. I just thought of the darkest idea. Okay. Which is just like this sounds like just like a really sad anime uh, where it is. uh, It's a group of friends, childhood friends. They've been friends forever, and they love fantasy. They love fantasy novels, fantasy games, things like that. Mm. And in a tragic accident, their friend gets hit by a bus by a truck. Okay. And he dies and he dies. And in order to deal with their grief, they end up having to role play through an isekai because they can't handle the fact that their friends are dead. So they have to make this. They end up having this like psychotic thing where they have to have this like oh mental God, it's break. So dark. And they're just role playing. Like, so I thought you were going somewhere. Compl- no, I thought you were going no. somewhere completely different. No, in fact, I have not made myself sad. There, there's so. So there is this manga and an anime based on it called Ajin. And it's about this world where it's kind of like our present, where there are people called Ajin and they can't die. They can sustain uh, mortal uh, wounds. Yeah, Ajin Demihuman. And the beginning of the main character, he gets hit by a bus. And then that's when he Yeah, I remember remember some of that. I watched a few episodes. Yeah, the combat's kind of like John Wick. Um, There's that one, the main antagonist. Um, I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> um, no, mine's just like, no, mine was just sad. Yeah. Well, we, we have options for us for 2024. Um, we can do a funnel for fun. Um, I know that we're going to probably run stuff at breakout con this year. We're definitely running Cleo Rama. Um, yeah. It might even be fun to run a funnel there. Um, yeah. Well, I know that, um, uh, Gary reached out to me and he wants me to run a Wandering Blade session. And I was he sent like, me an email. I haven't right. read it yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he's probably going to ask you if you want to run a Wandering Blade session. Okay. Well, see, we could put it on the like on the program, but I kind of want to just run like my own guerrilla sessions. Be like, hey, I'm just going to get people together. Let's just run it right now. Yeah, but um, we'll do that as well. With what time? Uh, we got time. We're not, we're we got Clayorama. We've got like Commander to oh, play. Oh yes, Clayorama is going to play. take three days to play. Look, I'm just saying. But um, yeah, we've got a, we've got a lot on our plates for this year. And my main thing is that we must follow through. Like I I desperately want to play Lancer, and I really really want to play Room Karen. 
and I'm totally Damn. down to do a funnel. Let's do it. Totally down to do a funnel. Um, that said, on every single episode of No Dice, No Problem, we do a little bit of mail time. Uh, we have one question from one of our patrons, Michelle, uh, who in on the theme of Wandering Blades has asked, hey, give us some wuxia media recommendations. Um, I know I'm Drew, you, you are this one. Yeah, I know you're <laughs> not super into the genre. Uh, I brought you on like to Wandering Blades for like mechanics and stuff. Um, it's not that I'm not even. It's not even that I'm super. You're new. You're new to I'm it. I'm not disinterested in it. I don't dislike it. I just I'm new. I'm a I'm yes. a baby. You know that's all. That's it. So if yeah, anything, so, tweet me your suggestions on what wuxia content I should enjoy. So what I would. Okay, so I have a couple of recommendations. Um, the first one is a is a film, uh, and it's called "Come Drink with Me." It's a Shaw Brothers production. Uh, it is like, historically a very significant um, wuxia movie. It was critically acclaimed, but it's also just like an incredible movie. Uh, so "Come Drink with Me" is going to be one of my recommendations because of just how important it is in the history of wuxia. Uh, we've talked about like Jin Yong's like novels a lot on the podcast. So I'm going to, I'm going to avoid novels and I'm going to stick to things that are, are maybe a little bit different. Um, I'm going to then recommend, uh, two, uh, comic series. First one's going to be called blades of the guardian. So I've talked about this one before and I've made you look at some blades of the guardian stuff as well. Uh, the animation for blades of the guardians, incredible. And it's all available online. Uh, but the manhwa for Blades of the Guardians is so beautifully illustrated and is very much one of the primary inspirations for Wandering Blades. Uh, we are really leaning in on the sort of like a gritty wuxia, um, the like scoundrels and brutal fighting uh, of, you know, media like Blades of the Guardians uh, alongside some of the like melodrama that comes with it. Uh, like the movie Shadow, which is another recommendation for me. Uh, the last one is another comic called Blood and Steel. This one is like lesser known, um, it, but it's by uh, Chao Jingfu. I think that the series is kind of on like a weird hiatus because it hasn't fully like ended, but they haven't been releasing anything new. But it's another example of really, really violent wuxia that I enjoy and I'm drawn to in the same manner as uh, as Blades of the Guardians. So those would be my like four recommendations. Two movies, Shadow and Come Drink With Me, and two comic book series, Blood and Steel and Blades, and the Guardi- Blades of the Guardians, which is also now an animation. 15, I think a 15-episode animation. Uh, but those are my recommendations. These, these are the things that have really, really... Um, if you want to get a sense of what our vision for Wandering Blades is, it's very much those four things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have consumed some Wuxia content, so I have some recommendations. Okay, go for I it. I shall give my four in this order. You don't have to give four, but yeah, if you've got four. But I will. Okay. Um, so first on the list is John Wick 2. That's just, that is what it is. Jesus Christ. Then we have Empire Strikes Back. Specifically, the Hoth scene. Oh, that's more of a samurai movie. God um, damn it. After that, we have Shrek. Not Shrek 1, Shrek 2. Oh, that's just a rom-com. Uh, 
And then we have uh, The Holiday, starring Jack Black, Black. Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, other people. That's my four. That's that's my four wuxia. You could see the design intent in Wandering Blades. You could see those really come out in the design intent. Uh, We want you to be able to play Jack Black in The Holiday if that went really Mm -hmm. dark. Yeah. Uh, if that were really, really dark and Jack yes, Black was Jack Chinese. Yes, Jack Black in the holiday <laughs> if he had a gun. Like, if he had... A, if he had <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, Michelle, we we hope some of those recommendations are good for you. Um, Shrek we'll 2. We'll say which ones. Pretty fine. Uh, great movie. Great movie. I don't know if you... Have you seen... Like, this is offhand. But have you seen the original... The way Shrek originally was supposed to look? No, I haven't. You have not? Okay. So if you go on Google and you search original, original Shrek. Search original Shrek test footage. And that's some that's some awful shit right there. Oh no. That's some awful shit right there. Um put him back in the oven, let him cook. Oh god. Yeah, it's the original um sort of design for Shrek is Oh, I hate him. Is pretty awful. Oh. It oh, is, I hate him. It's some nightmare fuel. It's pretty oh, demonic. Oh, yeah. Just throw him in the oubliette. I can't look at that. Yeah. Jeez. So, whoosha, <laughs> whoosha, baby. Uh, but that said, folks, if you want to follow along with the you know development of Wandering Blades, um, I mean, we'll be talking about it on the Asians Represent podcast. We'll be talking about it on No Dice, No Problem. I'll be posting about it on my itch. Uh, page periodically, but the best place is um, on my Patreon. Uh, but there is a more important Patreon page to support, and that's the Asians Represent one, because uh, the supporters of the Asians Represent Patreon are some incredible folks, and I am extremely grateful for their support. Um, they make this happen. They're they're the reason why we're able to get new equipment for for members of the team. They're the reason why we are able to, uh, you know keep the discord server as awesome as it is pay for like the nitro uh they're also the reason why folks like you drew were able to go to big bad mm-hmm. con last year and the reason why you'll be able to go to breakout con this hell year. yeah dude um yeah right now oh. listen right now over here at asians rep times are tough the drawstrings on the purse have closed up it's tight we're cinching the belts Because right now we really need your help and we need your money because right now we're saving up all we can to eventually buy out Spectrum, the Internet service provider at large so that they can fix my Internet because I own them. Look, and it's only possible because it's only it's you know what, like the people who are going to help us get there are our most honorable patrons. Metal Weave Games, Valorous Games, Michelle, Stefan, and the most honorable times two Epic Impulse. You folks are awesome. Uh, you are helping Drew wage war against his internet provider. Chessex and the internet. <laughs> yes, Chessex and the internet until they sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, if we get sponsored by Spectrum, I, I love Spectrum money. I don't think they do that kind of a thing, but I'd love it. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's happening. I think we're too we're we're small fries. But that said, um oh I know Drew, you usually do an you usually do an ad read. Uh, not for Chessex, uh, but for another dice listen, manufacturer. Listen, hey, listen. Chessex is great and all, but 
lately, and I've been working with my therapist on this, I've been feeling kind of envious. Oh, I've been envious of some of my friends. I've been envious of you know people's situations. And you know what my therapist told me? She said, Drew, you can help with your dice envy by going to dice envy and putting in code Asians <laughs> represent A Z N S represent, and you'll get ten percent off. And guess what? If you do that, that money will go to this guy named Drew. Not related. That's a conflict of interest. <laughs> I thought you. Were, I thought you were gonna say, oh, "My therapist diagnosed me with dice envy." <laughs> uh, she can't do that as my counseling therapist. I have to go to a psychiatrist for that one. And so far, the Medicaid is not covering that, so we won't be doing that so far. But we right might now. I am. Oh, we might be able we, to. We, we might. We might self-diagnose with dice envy yeah. if you yeah. order from dice envy. So, like I said. And by that, I mean what my therapist said. If you go to DiceNV.com slash AZNS represent, you'll get 10% off your purchase. And I'll get very little of that, but I'll get something. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but, but Hoosha, that's baby. Hoosha, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's it. We, we, this is going to be the only NDMP episode for the month of January. Oh, I just burped. Sorry about that. When I come back from Japan, we'll do like a post Japan, no dice, no problem. And it'll just be called Daniel gets jet lagged. Um, yeah, Daniel will be in Japan for just enough time to fully adopt the Japanese accent. And we'll be arriving to the next podcast episode in a full blown Japanese accent. And I, for one, am excited. You you are looking forward to my downfall. <laughs> my, Always. My, my winter in Tokyo has really made me inspired to publish my own samurai RPG. Um, L6R L- <laughs> L6R <laughs> Legend of the Six Rokugans right, You could have gone L10R Legend of the Ten Rings Shang-Chi the RPG No 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 Still haven't seen listen, that I'll, Listen I'll go to war with Asmodee I will not go to war with Disney With Disney <laughs> <laughs>